I would like you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, reading verses 21 through to 24. This is the last in this current series from Ephesians 4, the red line series, where God says there's a red line and I want you to walk according to it. And God lays it on the line for us. Don't live anymore like you used to live, the way the Gentiles live, the way the non-believers live. Walk in a new way. I've given you a new heart, a new life. And I want you to grow to become like Jesus. Today, we're going to touch on what is crucial throughout all the verses that we've been looking at in the recent weeks. This series is available online and we'll have copies for you very, very soon. And that is the place and importance of the mind. My title for today is Changing Your Mindset. And we're going to see how important it is to be thinking right, having our minds lined up with the truth and revelation of God's Word. It is not a mindless experience, however, because God gives us an awful lot to chew on. When we start to look at the revelation of God and think about it, reflect on it, it stretches our minds to and beyond the limit. We need the revelation of the Holy Spirit. But the mind is very significant. Each week I give you a take-home message. Put the whole message in a crisp saying. And this one this week reads like this. Renew your mind and transform your life. The way that you transform your life is by renewing your mind. So let's read verse 21 and onwards. Since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on the new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Three times, at least, in those few verses I read, God emphasizes how important it is to hook our minds to the truth. First of all, he talks about the truth that comes from Christ, the truth that is in him, the truth that is in him. Christian truth, the revelation of God in Christ is an absolute truth that we hook onto. Then also shows how sinful desires come out of deception. I wonder if you picked it up. Talking about the former way of life which was corrupted by lust and deception. What the Bible is telling us here is that our sinful desires come from deception. Whenever people are deceived, the product of that is always sinful desires. Even as believers, if we're still struggling with sinful desires, behind every sinful desire lies a deceiving thought, which God wants us to tear down. And then the third mention of truth comes at the end when it talks about renewing our thoughts and attitudes by the power of the Holy Spirit so that we know that God will renew our minds 
and our lives will be transformed. The term mindset is very popular today, being backed up by a lot of research from the behavioral sciences. Much recent research into the effects of the mind over us physically and emotionally have been proven again and again that when we approach life with a mindset, it's the grid through which we interpret everything. And that influences us. And it's like the kind of lens that you look through and you will see everything and interpret everything through those lenses. But God says, I've got you a new pair of lenses to look at. A professor by the name of Carol Dweck of Stanford University, psychologist, she is one of the leaders of this new psychology for success movement. She's written a book in 2012 entitled Mindset, How You Can Fulfill Your Potential. And she shows through scientific research and through correct technical analysis how important it is to have your thinking straight. It matters what you believe. It matters what you believe about yourself and also what you believe about mindsets because the revelation from this research is that your mindset can change. It can change very quickly and make a very big difference. As we look at the, all the kind of research, it seems that they're claiming change your mindset and then it can help you from anything to, from uh, optimum sporting uh, achievement right the way through to world peace. Now, of course, uh, there's a lot of secular humanism going on here in the human potential movement when it talks about mindsets. But do you know God spoke about mindsets a very long time ago? God knows the power and significance of the mind. He knows that your mind matters because truth matters. Romans 12 verse 2. In the New Living Translation, I like the lively language of the NLT. Of course, it's not always literally correct in places. It's interpretive, but it's very useful. Romans 12 verse 2. Look at what God says about the mind. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You see, there it is. Renew your mind and transform your life so that you can become like Jesus. So changing the way you think is absolutely crucial for your life to be transformed for you to change your life, you must change your mindset. Now, a mindset is not just what you're thinking. A mindset is what is established in you by way of belief and attitude. And it determines everything about how, how you see everything, including yourself. As I said, it's like a kind of lens that you look through. I want to ask you some questions. What lens are you looking through today? I don't mean your physical look-look lenses. I'm talking about your mindset. When you look around you, what do you see? It is colored by the lenses. Let me ask you some questions that will expose or help you to put your finger on what your mindset really is. Here's one question. When do you feel 
most fully alive. As if, wow, this is what life is all about. I feel so good. What brings you the most pleasure? Where do you find satisfaction or believe satisfaction is to be found? What are you really pursuing in your life? Because you believe that to attain it is to attain to what life is really all about. For many of us, some of the old mindset has to do with finance. Oh, if only I could win the lottery. Life would be wonderful. Of course, I could tithe to the Lord. A certain level of income. For many people, it's relationships. Parents doting and idolizing their children. No problem, Gabriel. We'll keep an eye on you. <laughs> or it could be your husband or wife. Or somebody that you imagine one day you will marry. If you could be close to that person. If that person would show you some attention. If that person would connect with you. Then your life would be made. Can you see how close that is to idolatry? For others it's a matter of influence. They want power, position, influence. And when they get there then they've arrived, they've achieved, they're successful, they are satisfied. The answer to those questions to you will um, reveal a little bit about what your mindset is. But the great business of our lives as Christians is to check those old mindsets and cause them to line up with the revelation of God in Christ, the truth that is in Jesus. Now that truth is in two parts when I look at these verses. The first part of this is that the truth is this. In Christ, you are 100% acceptable to God. Okay, I think I'll say that again because it's mind-blowing. And sometimes, because you're listening through the mindset of, I have to prove myself, I'm unworthy, God wouldn't be interested in me. All this devil's talk, you've got to push out of the way and say, I am eternally loved and accepted in the beloved Jesus Christ. In fact, the Father loves me, welcomes me, and accepts me just as I am because I am in Christ. He loves me as much as he loves Jesus. That's a gift. That's a given. The second truth is this, not only are we as acceptable to the Father as Jesus is to the Father, but God's will, which is written in our hearts, can become so acceptable to us, so welcoming to us, that we can follow God's will perfectly, joyfully, at whatever cost to ourselves. In other words, we can become like Jesus. That's what's happening in our hearts. We can actually learn that God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect because we have a spiritual mind and a spiritual mindset. Romans 8 verse 5. Here's a clear biblical passage, a reference to mindsets. The Bible says there's a mindset of the flesh, and a mindset of 
the Spirit. Now, this mindset isn't just thoughts, but it is a pattern, a mind that is set in a certain direction. And we've got to break that mindset and adopt the new mindset of the Holy Spirit. Let's have a look at it. Romans 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Now, know this. The original word here is the verb to be in present tense, present continuous. And let me put it to you like this. He is talking about two kinds of being. Being in the flesh as an ongoing experience and reality. But on the other side, there is a being in the spirit. Now, you are no longer a flesh being. You are a spirit being. God has rescued you from the flesh, given you a new nature, and you are being, you are living, you are dwelling. You are in the spirit. And because you are a spiritual being, God has given you a spiritual mindset that flows out of who you really are. The Christian life is not trying to become something that you are not. But it is taking the power of the Holy Spirit and becoming who you are by changing your mindset and adopting the mindset of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord for that. So God wants you to exercise your spiritual mind to get rid of all that old stinking thinking, the thinking that keeps your old sinful passions alive. You've got to know about this. You see, a mindset, sometimes you don't really realize you've got it. It can be something like a prejudice, something like an assumption, something like a way of looking at people, an attitude, and you're not even so sure that you have this attitude because you don't ever question it. But you find yourself reacting and speaking and talking and acting in a certain way in any situation because that's what's going on inside you. And it is uh, something that is very important to address. Now, getting back to some of the behavioral research, let me show you from the natural realm of behavioral science how important they've discovered the mind is. Let's talk about mindset. And uh, this lady, Carol Dweck, speaks about a fixed mindset and a growth mindset, applying to education. In other words, if you believe that your intelligence is a given and it's carved in stone, then you're not going to really be able to expect very much of yourself. And in the old days, they used to order you in the class in order of your IQ. Uh, these people are going to do well. Those people, well, bless them. They can try hard, but, you know, these are the important people. And she's shown how research shows that this is appalling. It is wrong because you don't have a fixed intelligence at birth. You can grow your intelligence. You can grow your mind. You can change and develop and grow. They did an exercise, a test. They took seventh graders, divided them into two groups. Now, these seventh graders were children who were not particularly doing well at school. And as part of their experiment to demonstrate this, they said to the first group, here is 
a way in which you can develop your study skills. It's a very good thing. Study skills help you study. But the other group, they said, we'll teach you some study skills, but what we want you to grasp is this. And they put it in very simple language for children. They said, listen, your brain is like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the bigger it grows. And you got it. The first group of kids who just had study skills, they didn't improve very much. But the second group of kids who had study skills and a belief that they could change, that they could grow, their grades increased. Now it's the same way for us. If we say, I'll never change, I'm just like this, that's just who I am, that's how it is, you will never change. But when you understand that God has given you a growth mind of the Holy Spirit, and that growth mind has unlimited potential, so that one day you will look like Jesus if you learn to embrace your new mindset. Now in order to embrace a new mindset, you've got to get rid of the old one, and the best way of seeing it is to see how corrupt and how harmful it is. I talk about it in these terms. It's getting rid of them snake eyes. Snake eyes. Anybody guess where I'm heading when I talk about snake eyes, snake lies, snake wisdom? Yep, you got it. Genesis chapter 3. When the snake came and deceived Eve, Adam fell into the trap as well. And through his deception... He managed to get Eve to look at that forbidden fruit through his own eyes, snake eyes. And everything looks different when you're looking through the eyes of the snake. The forbidden thing looks attractive. The thing that is bad looks good. It certainly looks good. It feels good. It tastes good. It's got to be good and desirable. So deception feeds an ungodly desire. She had a desire. This fruit was desirable to make me wise. In other words, snake wisdom. And don't think that at the end of Genesis 3, snake eyes, snake talk, and snake wisdom ended. No, it's with us today. Snake eyes, snake wisdom, snake words are everywhere in society. And you can tell it straight away. How do you discern this snake wisdom? It is telling you this. God is not enough for you. God doesn't want the best for you. He wants to withhold stuff from you. Okay, that's holy stuff, but the real stuff, the fun stuff, the satisfying stuff is over here. you got to get away from God to find your life. And the snake gives you a wrong definition of life. That's the mindset. You have to change. And it begins here, you see. The battleground is the mind. Deception leads to sin. Truth leads to godliness. And that's why we put off the old nature with its thinking, its stinking thinking, and we put on the new nature, and we follow the new mind the mind of the Holy Spirit, which is created in righteousness and holiness and empowered by truth. Those two phrases, deceitful lusts and righteousness and holiness of truth, are very similar phrases. Literally, it reads like this, the lusts of deceit and the righteousness and holiness of truth. Listen, if deceit feeds your wrong desires... If ungodly thinking 
stimulates ungodly desires, then godly thinking stimulates godly desires. So that's why you have to change your mindset. That's why your mind must be renewed in order for your life to be transformed. Now I know that uh, you're going to say this isn't as easy as it sounds. And I'm going to have some sympathy with you in a moment. But let me tell you another story. Researchers also looking at physical exercise and seeing how that in everything, in medicine, in health, in business, in relationships, mindset is very important. And so here's a little test they did. They went into a hotel and they interviewed all of the people who were servicing in the hotel, you know, cleaners and that, and, and um, you know, cleaning, uh, physical cleaning, hoovering, making beds, is hard work. Can I have an amen in the house? Amen. I only heard a women. Can I have an amen in the house? <laughs> oh, no. Okay. And uh, so they interviewed these chambermaids, or whatever is a polite way of, of, of referring to them, and um, I said, how many of you do any sport or physical exercise. 70% of them said, we don't do any physical exercise. And yet they measured how many calories they were burning throughout the day, through all their work. And they didn't consider it to be exercise. So what they did, split them into two groups. The one group, they said, okay, well, you know, um, it's just good. Concentrate on your, on your work, and we're just going to measure your output, going to measure how many calories you burn. And the other group, they said, do you know that your work is like going to the gym. Because these are the calories you're burning. I mean, you know, you pay big bucks to go to a gym to do what you're doing as part of your daily work. You're in a privileged position. And you know, many of them bought it and said, this is great. So suddenly, in their mindset, they didn't see their day was just a day of work, a physical work. They saw it as healthy exercise. And both groups of people doing the same amount of exercise, guess who got fit, guess who, got, who lost weight. Not doing any more than they normally did, but by understanding what they were doing was effective for their health. Can you see the power of a mindset? And that difference was made and it was traced in terms of medical research. It was absolutely clinical conditions. And the only difference was they had 15 minutes of the kind of talk I'm giving you today. 15 minutes, their mindset changed. So don't say it can't be done, but I admit, sometimes it's just not that easy. We must persist. Have you heard of the story, Dead Men Don't Bleed? Have you heard that story? It's not a true story when you research it, but it is illustrative. Dead Men Don't Bleed. There was the eldest son of a family who developed a very bizarre belief and nobody could shift him from it. This was his belief, I'm dead. But he was alive, he was living, he was breathing, he was eating, he was talking, but he was convinced he was dead. They did everything they could, couldn't shift this idea, took him to the psychiatrist. The psychiatrist was baffled and said, I've just got one idea. If I could convince him of one fact that contradicts his belief, maybe he'll change. So he said, I know what I'll do. I will show him scientifically, medically, the fact that dead men don't bleed. He had all the textbooks, all the research, and the man finally was convinced. Yes, I'm convinced. Dead men don't bleed. Quickly, 
the doctor took a needle, stabbed him on the finger, and there were several drops of blood. Uh, when the dead man saw it, he cried out, Oh my goodness, dead men do bleed! <laughs> Changing your mindset. Sometimes it's not as easy as that. But when you see the toxic nature of your stinking, fleshly thinking, well, I'm saying you, I'm also saying me. Because the truth is, yes, we're not in the flesh, but the flesh is still in us. The Bible talks about indwelling sin, the sin that dwells in us, those desires, those old desires that belong to the old nature, the old life, still cling to us. That stinking thinking, the stench of that corruption is still upon us. That's what, why we need to constantly come before Jesus and say, I renew my mind by the mind of the Holy Spirit. I take the mind of Christ. I take the truth of God's word. I believe what God's word says about me. I reason with the reasoning of the Holy Spirit. And we start looking at some of those key statements that belong to the old mindset. For example, my way is best. Isn't that what it's all about? Eve said, I'm going to choose my own way. Adam said, yes, I'm going there as well because I know better than God. My way is best. And that causes us to look for God, to look for satisfactions in the wrong places but God knows what's best. Another stinking thinking idea is this. I have the right to be happy. Sounds very good. Hmm? But there's a sense of entitlement here. Yea, verily, it stinketh. Meaning I have a right to feel good. I have a right to feel satisfied. I have a right to have sensual satisfaction, emotional fulfillment, physical fulfillment in my life. And after all, God, if he's supposed to be on my side, he will go with this because he is here to make me happy. That's his job. He owes me. Well, I've got news for you today. God doesn't owe you. God owns you. He doesn't own, owe you. I am who I am. I can't change. But God has made you a new creation. You can change. Or there, this is all there is. All we see around is all there is. I put all my effort into this life because that's all that really counts. And I've got to make it work for me. But no, 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 no. A person who's a true believer in Christ knows that they are just passing through this world. This world is passing away. Our hope is not in this life. Our hope is in the return of Jesus Christ and the new heavens and the new earth. And if now this world is at enmity with God, we are now in a battle. Now the cross. Now conflict. Now we don't gain the fullness of the satisfaction. Yeah, tasting God and enjoying good things, it's there. But the real deal is in the future life. Others will say, well, this is just how it is. Life works this way. You've got to behave like this to get on in life. You've got to lie to get promoted. You've got to wheel and deal to get the contract. 
You got to cheat. You got to bite. You got to do it this way because the life that I want, the only way to get it is this way. We're living in the real world. No, 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 no. You're not living in the real world. You're living in the unreal world. The real world is walking according to the definition that the Bible gives, and we've sung it today. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the, and the, and the life. Changing your false definition of life and death. We often, through past experiences, childhood experiences, interpret life and death in very different terms. Life is what makes me feel good. I've got to chase that. Death is what makes me feel bad. So I vow to avoid everything that makes me feel bad. And I vow to chase everything that makes me feel good. That is stinking, thinking, snake wisdom. God is good. And only God is good. His way is the only way. And you know what? When you act in obedience to the word, God proves it to you. Did you know that? Do you remember in Romans 12, verse 2? Then you will know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It hurts. Sometimes it's far easier. I think always it's far easier to go the wrong way. But when we persist in the pathway of obedience, we discover God is true to his word. He is a good God. And he blesses those who walk in his way. Amen and amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed right now. Before we pray for you today, I want to extend a very clear invitation to those who have never stepped out of their old life into a new life. Maybe you didn't even know that a new life was possible. And maybe your life has still been influenced by that old lie, without God, life is much better. But now you've understood, no, 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 Jesus is who he claims to be. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And you're hungry for that life. And you say, I want that life. Now then, what must I do? Well, sermon said it. Change your mind. The Bible calls it repentance. You change your mind about everything and you realize that before you were going the wrong ways, I'm going to stop, I'm going to turn around, I'm going to embrace life in Jesus. It's a decision, it's a change of mind, and it's supernatural. Are you ready to make it today?
Jesus Christ.